This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. Ladies and gentlemen. What's there, Mama? 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. How do you do? How do you do what? Show me the smile. If you can't play something nice, don't play nothing at all. Very nice. You can sit by me. Everything's so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get up. Come on, get up. Where are we going? Up to Neverland. You must kiss me. Excuse me? Please, princess. One kiss. Unless you beg for more. And it's time for our second part of The Secrets of Bambi, where we uh, follow the movie, the uh, the story, and talk about the themes and uh, the events, the relationships, the story, the character development, etc., etc., as well as, you know, for perhaps some bigger themes that might have inspired events in the movie uh, Bambi. And let's start uh, straight uh, at the beginning, um, still talking with uh, Deborah Shaben and uh, Inge Lotz. Um, the first thing that we see in the movie is uh, this zoom in. You kind of move, the camera moves through the forest using the multiplane camera, of course, to do that. It's very three-dimensional effect. And you kind of, it's almost as if you're walking through the forest and then you discover at the end of that, journey um this uh well the i think the, the animals first right the first thing yeah you, you see, see the you animals birds and, um scurrying through the bushes yeah. to to the thicket i kind of see. I, I expected to see bambi right away but we don't we first see mm-hmm. the animal and they wake up and uh there's of course the owl who um who uh is is well actually wants to go to sleep and then is woken up by the Animals that are on a different, uh, in a different, definitely in a different time zone, <laughs> and then start to wake up, wake up the owl, and uh, and everybody is excited because there is a, pr- a new prince that is born, and everybody kind of hastens to this uh, newborn prince. the The owl itself, uh, kind of a grandfatherly figure, but also in a way, um, kind of a, almost a protector. He's, he's he's shepherding the flock of all these animals, and he has definitely some authority over the other birds, at least. Um, we see uh, the um, uh, the birth of Bambi, uh, mm-hmm. very very young. Uh, I think st- uh, Thumper arrives. I was almost uh, using the the Dutch name for Thumper, which is Stamper. Kind of means means the same. It's like you stamp stump stumping on the ground. <laughs> yeah, but um, and uh, so they all gather around uh, Bambi and his mom. Uh, the uh, uh, Thumper expresses his amazement uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. is really like the very naive in a way. Um, the uh, and we see a glimpse. We get a fir- our first glimpse of this huge buck that is standing in the forest on a big rock or on a hill clearly standing guard we don't know we don't hear who he is or what his relation is but my first impression was wow this is kind of a the protector of the forest it's a very imposing image like that and and almost mysterious um and and it's as if he is kind of standing guard to protect this newborn child uh below in the in the valley 
uh, we immediately see this continuous soundtrack and the, the great musical timing of this movie where everything seems to uh, um, every movement seems to be um, punctuated by the music itself or by musical effects and then I don't know about you guys but uh, the um, <laughs> the first the first conversation that that uh, yeah. is taking place there where the rabbits encourage Bambi to stand up but Thumper is actually a little bit dismissive it's like well oh. He can't even stand. Kind of wobbly. <laughs> kind of wobbly. wobbly yeah. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and then mom steps in, the uh, thumper's mom, and it's now, remember what your father said. And then thumper has to repeat the message. That's, yeah, if you haven't... Uh, if you can't any, if say can't nothing say, nice, then yeah. don't say nothing at all. <laughs> exactly. And he says it that way, like he's rehearsed it several times. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and uh, so the, the the moral here seems to be you have to encourage each, each other. You have to be, uh, yeah, supportive. And, of course, this is a direct message to the kids that are watching this movie and to their parents so that the parents later on can, can tell their kids... You know, remember what Thumper said? <laughs> if you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all. And you know, in a way, that's a very good lesson. And it I wish I wish that people would would keep this in mind when they're posting stuff on Twitter and on Facebook and <laughs> be more supportive. I think well, the world would be a much nicer place if people there, would. There is something in the Bible, I can't even remember if it's in Ephesians or something where it's like, you know, use your voice to edify people mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah. tear them down. So yeah. Well, and and what I loved about the about Bambi is that that the 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 rabbits and the other animals really do that. They encourage, motivate Bambi to try to stand up, to try to walk. They help him. They show him how it's done. You know, if he's stuck with because there's a big tree in front of him and he can't jump over it, they show him that this is how you do it. This is, just try it. Just try it. And then he fails, and they encourage him a little bit more. And every time Bambi learns everything from the rabbits it's 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 funny <laughs> the, the rabbits are bambi's teachers mm-hmm. um and it's something that is uh very predominant throughout the movie even though the the animation is very lifelike very natural the behavior of the animals is very anthropomorphic which means it, it kind of it, it's the it, they behave Basically, like real children, like human children. the The interaction is 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 not that. That's not normally a deer will not learn how to walk because he's taught by 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 thumpers by uh, <laughs> by rabbits, un, un, unless I missed something in biology class. But that's not the way it works. <laughs> but in here for the story wise, it works, and I think that's why I I love this movie as a kid because it's like mm-hmm. yeah, of course that that's how that's how we yeah that's how we interact and i think that if this had been a very realistic movie then you know the problem is with communication you can only share meaning if you have something in common with the story that you see and in this case we need to have something in common with these animals we don't we are not deer we're not rabbits and so these animals have to behave a little bit like we do otherwise we cannot relate to them we we won't have an emotional tie to them whereas now it's like well hey these rabbits are like children and bambi is like a little kid can't even speak and so you feel for them so it's it's kind of a (laughs) it's 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 not realistic 
but it's story wise it's it's a very important choice that these animals behave uh, in a in a human way. Um, so Bambi learns how to talk as well, and his learning curve is extremely fast. I mean, he, he learns how to walk in a in a few minutes. He learns how to talk, and then immediately he can utter entire phrases. It's it's impressive. What's his first yeah. word, by the way? Bird. Oh yeah, bird. That's yeah. Bird. Thanks to Thumper and his, you know, enunciation, it's bird. And then it's and it's funny to see how. Uh, and and again, this is very much like children. They start to they they you they, they know a word and they start applying it to everything, and then they have to be correct. No, that's not a bird. And a flower, flower. Okay, I see a skunk. Flower. <laughs> no, it's, that's not a flower. That's a skunk. <laughs> and so when they when they get, finally get back to uh, Bambi's mother, then he already knows how to walk, how to jump, and how to talk. So not much work for the parents here. <laughs> yeah. Bambi's mom doesn't do much, yeah. Well, her role becomes very important in the uh, next scene, which is the, the thunderstorm. Uh, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, everything gets dark and grim, and uh, and, and uh, Bambi finds shelter with his mom, and so she is definitely a mother figure here, an archetype in a way. She protects him, and right. she, he tries to almost kind of hide underneath her her. Uh, well, when she's lying there, he's, he tries to kind of as uh, uses her, his mom as a, as a blanket almost to to be safe from the thunderstorm, and then. The the weather um, instead of emphasizing the violence of the thunderstorm and the you know, make it all scary, um, it it changes pretty quickly and it becomes um, the first musical poem. Uh, so you see the rain falling and you hear the the tones of an instrument and that turns into the first song which is the little April shower. And that immediately gives us a hint on where we are in the sea, what, what season it is. We're, we're approaching springtime. Mm-hmm. And one, one thing I have to um, say when I was watching this particular um, scene is that um, how renewing thunderstorms are and how renewing severe storms are. Um, and just a side story is yeah. inside live in Central Florida in 2004, I went through how many hurricanes? Three? Um, and I, and I, I, the, the one thing that struck me about each violent storm that came through central Florida was the renewing sense that, um, that I felt with it. It was just, um, everything that had been useless at that point, like trees and shrubs and, and anything that was weak was cleared away so that stronger things could happen. Yeah. So I, for me, that's kind of the point of little April showers. It's like even though it had this little violent kind of section of it, it there's a renewing sense to it at the end of, exactly. that it's, it's necessary. It's kind of the world is shaken to be renewed. Um, exactly. A little bit of also the water is also, of course, a, a symbol of cleansing. Yes. Oh yeah. That's, that's how it's used yeah. with the story of uh, Noah's Noah's Ark. Yeah. You know, it's kind yeah. of a kind of renewal of the world. Uh, people had turned towards evil, and you know, just God decides to wash it all away and and then when they finally find land again it's like they can start again and that's exactly the i think the function of the rain in this story it it it, it and and this is this go, there's another symbol here uh that's going on when when bambi is born and i forgot to mention this but of course it's daybreak so it's the beginning of a new day and and this is repeated later on in the movie because there's this continuous daybreak kind of this circle 
the cyclical uh, element uh, in the story. So uh, the rain uh, is, is is the start of a of a new a new time. It's also a start of a new period in the life of Bambi. There's a new phase that is announced here. But before we talk about that, uh, I just wanted to mention how impressed I was with the animated water effects. Again, when I was watching mm -hmm. this, I was a little bit annoyed by the music and the like. It was going on a little bit too long for this ADD person. <laughs> but like, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. It's nice. It's beautiful. Move on. But um, the the water effects were absolutely amazing if you consider that it's all hand-drawn. There's no computer animation here whatsoever. Uh, and it looks extremely realistic. So uh, very impressed by that. Then the next phase in Bambi's life, and this is definitely is part of the kind of the journey of the character, um, he steps out of the protection of his mom and it's time to step into the world. And the, the, this wide world is symbolized by the meadow. And that's where uh, he is ready to step out. It's almost like, you know, like in puberty when you start to realize the world is much bigger than you thought and you're ready to go and you're full, enthusiastic. And then you have to learn that this wide open world is not just a, is not a safe world. It, 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 there's a lot of beauty and a lot of good in it, but there's also danger. And that's what, what, what uh, Bambi's mother uh, does here. She, she warns Bambi. She kind of actually blocks his way, and she's like, well, hold on, let me go first, and then when I tell you that it's safe, then you can follow me. So here, uh, as a parent, she's definitely still protecting Bambi, She's also allowing him to um, grow into this world in a gradual way, which I think is, is uh, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a metaphor of education. It's what parents do. They, uh, bit by bit, they help their children stand on their own feet and enter mm -hmm. the world. But you need your parents for a long time to kind of well, teach and you. It's a, yeah, I'm sorry. It's a dangerous world, right? So... You know, and Bambi's world is no different. So it's a matter of parents teaching how to stay out of danger, how to how to avoid danger if, if possible. Yeah. Story-wise, this also, of course, kind of hints already at the later events. It it tells us as a viewer that well, there might actually be some danger. Uh, it's almost you got to start to sense that ooh, there's a little bit of tension growing here. Um, but we don't know exactly how that will be developed later on in the story. But I think it, you need this as a primer to what happens next so that we're prepared and that the, the danger doesn't kind of uh, uh, just is dropped on us story-wise. It's pre being prepared here. This is kind of the setup of the drama that follows later on. So here Bambi has the protection of his mom. Again, it's a contrast with what will happen later. Um he explores, loves it. Uh, they start to eat, and then he meets Thumper again, and uh, Thumper's fellow rabbits. I don't know if it's brothers and sisters or nephews or cousins or he. Well, they probably don't even know that themselves, being rabbits. But um, there's another very moralistic element here. Uh, Thumper teaches Bambi that he can eat the clover and just eat the flowers because they're good, and just leave the green stuff, and then. <laughs> The lesson is, eat your greens. Don't just eat the tasty stuff. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is a little bit over the top. <laughs> I'm so I glad to that... I remember when it's, when it's uh, published. I think that's the whole well, era. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I don't know. It's it's, it's very much. I, I'm so glad that my parents didn't watch this movie with me because then I would have had Bambi as my educator for the rest of my youth. Eat your greens just like Bambi. <laughs> and then of course we've get, we get we get this very charming uh, confrontation, and this happens. He's looking in the water. He sees his own reflection, and then he is startled because he sees another reflection of an animal that looks just like him. But there's a little bit of a difference. And so this plays with the whole theme of, you know, the opposite sex being similar and yet also dissimilar. It's kind of the, you start to learn that there, wait a second, there's a whole other world out there. (laughs) And so uh, at first, Bambi is very much afraid. And Faleen, we learn that that is the name of... uh, the female Bambi, <laughs> yeah. uh, Faelin is uh, is um, v- very adventurous, and definitely takes the lead in this first uh, in this first me- meeting. Um, and Bambi is is first is going back to his mom, and then you know they get introduced to each other, and uh, and they start playing. But it's interesting that here there's a bit of a role reversal. Bambi, being the male uh, animal, does not take the lead. He's kind of the weak the weak uh, character here and Faleen is strong and later on that will be reversed when Bambi will have to protect Faleen. Mm-hmm. Um, story-wise, again, I think it's interesting what they do here. And then we see uh, more of the learning process of Bambi and again, this is very anthropomorphic. Uh, uh, Bambi learns by imitating what he sees. Uh, so whenever he sees other deer behaving in a certain way, he tries to imitate it, to copy that behavior. And, I, and that's how we have learned to talk, to walk, to smile, to react. It's We learn by imitating, by, by copying what we see around us. And that is why it's important that, you know, uh, the environment gives a good example, <laughs> that you surround yourself with good friends and, and you know, that your family plays a, you know, it, it gives you a good example. That's That's... You know, because we copy what we see. So there's a little bit of an educational message in this movie, or a little bit, I think a lot. Yeah. Social learning theory. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to start about it. But... Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, talking to two we've people have psychology, yeah. psychology. Uh, masters here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I also I also read a book about about psychology, just so you know. <laughs> have to start talking about Bandura, and we don't want to go there. So let's uh, no. <laughs> let's move back to the uh, thematical analysis of uh, the, the of Bambi. Um, we see uh, we we again we um, we meet the great prince of the forest. This is the first time that we actually learn his name, and we get a little bit more uh, of, of a reveal of who this this buck, this uh, this big deer is, uh, with the huge impressive antlers. Uh, he is the great prince of the forest. As a, as a viewer, of course, you'll immediately deduct that, well, if he's the great prince, then Bambi, being the small prince, is probably related. Um, and then they say something very interesting about this great prince of the forest. I think it's Bambi's mom that that informs him that you know no other animal has lived this long, and we see him really as a protector of the herd, um, and so to me that is a clear indication that that the 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 great prince of the forest here, Bambi's dad, is kind of a metaphor of God. He's a protector. He lives longer than any other animal, so he is not only on top of the food chain, but he is. The, the protector, he's a godlike archetype. 
And then, uh, and and that is important later on. I think for uh, some of the other themes that will we, that we will see uh, towards the end of the story. But we'll get to that later on. First of all, we witness the first stampede. Uh, there is panic because there are hunters. We don't see them. Uh, and actually, I really like this about the story that they they stay true to not. You know, we are not showing the enemy, and by that, it becomes actually much more menacing. It's you're mm-hmm. you are much more afraid of what you don't see than what you see, and, it, it, and I wonder what would have happened if they had, you know, made this film now. They would probably have created some hunter characters and made caricatures, but that would have removed part of the threat, especially if they would have used characters like the ones that we see. I don't know in a movie like The Princess and the Frog. You know, you've got the hunters there in the in the swamp, and they they're like very stupid and behaving in a in a very cartoonish way. I don't know if that would have worked here. So the fact that we don't see the hunters, we just see the result of their actions, the stampede, uh, it, 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 it slowly, you know, it turns the story darker. You're like, oh, what is going on here? And, uh, and the stampede, of course, talking about how these, this movie was kind of a, uh, almost a framework for what the Lion King did many, many decades later. Uh, that movie, too, had a stampede in it, which was uh, very important to the the evolution, the personal evolution of of uh, uh, of, of the, the young lion. What's his name again? Um, Simba. Simba. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, anyway, again... Impressive animation. All these animals on the run. It must have been so much work to animate all these animals. It's crazy. Um, I and it, correct me if I'm wrong. That that scene takes place in uh, winter, right? Yes, I think it. Yes. Okay, because that's well. The one it's actually thing. it's oh, at the, on for, the verge. So. It is on the verge of autumn. Uh, oh, right after the, okay. you see the falling leaves, and then it gets winter very quickly. Okay. Because right. I was thinking one of the things that, um, you know, this metaphor of spring, summer, winter, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know the metaphors for our, our times and lives and, and all that, um, you know, the autumn, the coming of, of death, you know, yes. the coming, or sleep, the coming of, of so that winter comes and, and, and we have um, things that are dying around us that by spring it can be renewed. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I, no, and I think that this is also um, something that you often see story-wise uh, with uh, basically any story, whether it's a fairy tale or um, story of a prophet or even the story of Jesus. Um, there is, you know, a child is born, but mm-hmm. in order to have a story, you need to you need to have a threat. You need to have tension. You need to have drama. And the, this is where the drama really... The first time the drama is introduced in this story is, of course, the thunderstorm. That's kind of almost like, a, again, uh, symbolizing the drama and the danger that will come later on. The fact that the world is not a sunny place all the time where the birds are singing songs, happy April songs. <laughs> Sometimes there is danger. But then these hunters... Um, have a similar role in that, you know, it, it, it makes it very clear that Bambi is in danger and not just Bambi, but also his friends. And so it makes it makes it count what happens. You you start to be involved. You start to root for Bambi and, and his friends, mm-hmm. uh, just as, you know, in the story of Jesus when he's born. Uh, what's the first thing that happens? Well, after all the visits and the Magi and everything, there's this threat that he could be killed. And so 
the, his parents have to take him to Egypt, where he is safe, and then he, he stays there for a while, and then he's when it's safe again, he returns. Here in this part of the story, it's it's almost the same. There's this threat of the hunters, and then it's it's the father figure or the, or the god metaphor here, which is the buck, the you know uh, the, the the great prince that protects Bambi and leads him to safety. And then, and then you know, that's and then the next thing we see, it gets autumn. We see more special effects, great animation of the falling leaves, and then it's winter. And again, he is safe. Bambi is safe with his mom. And so again, it's like you've got drama, you've got danger, and then you've got safety. But we know, we kind of already feel it's probably not going to last. But is before, she, is she every time when there's drama, first there's only a little bit of thunderstorm that. Every time there's new drama, it's it's increased. So the it's increasing. Yes. There's, yeah. There's definitely uh, uh, almost a musical development. You do this in music as well. Yeah. Where sometimes you introduce a theme and it's kind of in the background, and then it amplifies, and you add more instruments. And so this whole movie is almost like a symphony. So, and I think that's why you, you get this this big crescendo almost musically and also story wise. Yeah. Um, the winter scene, however, is almost like, since we're in the metaphor of music, it's almost like an adagio in, a, in the symphony. You've got three parts. You've got the opening, and then mm-hmm. you've got a middle part, which is kind of quirky, happy. And if you listen to Beethoven, it's, it's oftentimes like that. You need that middle part because you need you kind of need to relax a little bit and kind of enjoy just being there with these characters. And I think that the the famous ice skating scene is definitely the, that middle part where we get to laugh a little bit. We get to be charmed by the story. And I don't know about you guys, but this is the scene that I remember most. It, it's, yes. It's so famous. It's so well done. And it's, it's, it's so not, It's not a scene I remember most, but that's the, we, we come there later. So. Yes. Well, I remember it partially also because... Um, I used to have, or actually, I, I was friends with uh, a kid, uh, and his parents were uh, were pretty rich, and so they would get these amazing Christmas gifts. And he had this little—I don't even know if it was called a ViewMaster, or it was anyway. It was oh yes, a, a ViewMaster. I love well, those the things. ViewMaster was the three D <laughs> thing, right? Where you could yeah, where it's a little red uh, here yeah. in the United with, with, a, with, a, yes. with a round things, and then you had and to you put the little disc in. Yeah, yeah, and it's a little disc, and you get to see all these Viewmaster slides, and yeah. yeah, and they would just basically do what they do now with movies a lot, and it's kind of kind of three Dfi <laughs> these pictures of the movie. And I remember seeing the Viewmaster version of Snow White and Bambi, but I remember that my friend also had a little uh, movie player. It's it's kind of this orange thing, and you you put it to your right eye, and then you had this little lever that you had to turn around. And then you could see a scene of a movie, and you could you could reverse it, and so we would play back movies, reverse it, and have a lot of fun. But it was just a very small scene, and I I remember that in his device you had this ice skating scene, which lends itself very much to you know playing it in reverse as well. And so I've watched that a hundred times because I was just fascinated to have this little toy little cinema, <laughs> and. So I don't know if it was real friendship or I just wanted to, you know, play over there to just to be able to use that cool, cool toy that I didn't have and didn't get. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember this scene very, very much, and it was still just as charming as it was when I was a kid. Uh, Great animation. uh, And also Thumper helping out again because, of course, Thumper has two legs and can skate around pretty easily. But Bambi on four legs is pretty clumsy. Yeah. 
So, again, uh, the, the wobbly uh, quote is, is used again. Yeah. He's like, kind of wobbly. Uh, but um, it, this this part of the story also solidifies their um, uh, their relationship. I mean, yeah. th- it's almost like a they're buddies now. And the skunk is yeah. uh, is is kind of a secondary character. He's you know perhaps a supporting role because the skunk is having a winter sleep or um, yeah. how do you call that um, a um, hibernation. Hibernation. He's hibernating. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, that's a very just a very short uh, part. And actually, that's hmm, perhaps in terms of character development, kind of a weakness that we do see Thumper a lot and we start to care about Thumper, but. Mm, the skunk is kind of not really important to the story. So when he's reintroduced during springtime, yeah, it's like, I, also oh, was, I don't know. I also was asking myself, why they, do they put it back in? Because it do- doesn't really add uh, lots to the story. Because, yeah, he's just, just sleeping there. So what? Yeah. Well, anyway, perhaps it's an educational moment. Because I, I remember that as a, as a kid. I, did, I didn't know what hibernation was. And I learned that through Bambi. I was like, I would like to be a skunk and sleep all winter long. But anyway. <laughs> well, and I'm thinking to myself, I don't remember the skunks hibernating when I was growing up. Hmm. Me okay. neither. Me neither. So, yeah. Mm. I thought well, we don't bears. have skunks here, so that <laughs> I wouldn't know that skunks would hibernate. Yeah. Yeah, again, that's an indication that this is not in Europe. Because <laughs> I've never met... I don't know what a skunk smells like, so I'm more like Bambi. I was like... Oh, you don't want to know, probably. Okay. Here. Probably not. <laughs> and then, of course, after this little adagio, this intermezzo, there is a new... Uh, there's more, even more drama, and now we get to the crescendo, to the big, shocking moment in the movie, uh, where, um, and and this comes very suddenly. Uh, Bambi is out there with his mom, and all of a sudden, she, I think, at first she brings him to some grass. Um, so again, it's kind of. Huh. Almost a shepherd Spring scene grass. where, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like young grass, and so she feeds her child. Um, protects him and then you know you see the ears and there's oh there's danger but it's not it's not at all clear what kind of danger we don't hear the hunters we don't see them and that's probably very realistic because hunters are probably very sneaky Mm -hmm. hiding in the mist and then uh, we see the big uh, flight basically like let's get out of here don't look back run yeah don't Mm -hmm. look back which is something that is used in many movies. Don't look back. Um, kind of blanking out on... on, on. There are some other movies where the, exactly that same phrase is used. Don't look back. Just move on. Leave me uh, Leave me behind. It's kind of the Obi-Wan Kenobi scene in Star Wars 4. <laughs> like, just <laughs> move on. Go Star with the Millennium Falcon. I will stay here and defend you and yeah. we meet again. Anyway, <laughs> this is not a Star Wars series. This is about Disney. So... The moment that his mother is killed, it's when she's in the middle of... No, actually, that was Bambi, when he's in the middle of a jump, but she's killed off-screen. And that is so interesting because I I clearly remembered, and I was like, I would have sworn that I cried because I saw Bambi going back to his mom, and his mom was there lying there on the on the ground, bleeding to death, and then oh, Bambi geez. would cuddle up to her and <laughs> fall asleep while his mom was dying. I kind of made that up. That was totally in my imagination. That's how I remembered the movie. So I was like, yeah. they cut out this the most beautiful scene here, where, where Bambi is going back to his mom, and she doesn't respond anymore, and I don't know what happened. 
<laughs> so I think never. yes, you that is a memory you made up because that I've never seen that. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Me neither. But I think the reason, I've, the I've, reason I started to cry very hard is because Bam is looking for his mom and uh, yeah, you see him all sad. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because you as a six year, seven year old, you're so yeah connected to Bambi. Then yeah, you start to cry as well because he's also crying. Then because you relate so much to him. Well, I guess that every child has that experience of of not knowing where your parents are, or you get lost somewhere, you know. And it's usually a very brief, but I clearly remember those moments where you just panic, like, "Where's my mom?" Where, and then you, you walk up to this lady and you, you think it's your mom and you're like, oh, it's a totally different lady. This is not my mom. She has the same coat, but that's all. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's a very touching. Actually, I, I was surprised, again, as I said, uh, by the, um, the very um, muted way in which they do this. And, and she, you know that she's dead, but we see, we, we don't need to see her dying you see the drama and the gravity, the gravitas of the situation through the eyes of Bambi. And I think story-wise that makes it much stronger. Because as mm-hmm. you said, Inga, you relate to Bambi so much that you feel what he is feeling. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so many children were traumatized by this. Yeah, my, my mom told me that I would be, I, I have been upset for at least a week, she said, yeah. after looking and seeing the movie. Uh, I've, I've been, um, yeah, very yeah also anxious and stuff uh, yeah. so they had to cool me down for a week <laughs> so most children were traumatized except for deborah who just went for some popcorn <laughs> no, no, no i was traumatized i i got oh okay but the thing is is how i deal with my trauma is i went and got food oh so, right uh, yeah well that's escaped. very <laughs> recognizable I I, well. like i don't need to see this because you know kids will be like bambi's mother dies no she doesn't <laughs> and then, you know, I'm just you know, then you just like I don't want burying see this. myself in in popcorn. Yeah. Yes, thank you. I'll be uh, I'll be right food. back. Well, our, our exactly <laughs> coping coping like mechanisms, happens. coping mechanisms. You must have read some psychology books about that. Yeah, exactly, coping. <laughs> well, and I was thinking, you know, while you're sitting here talking about this scene, I'm thinking, okay, the same thing happened in Lion King, but I don't think that people were nearly as distraught as Bambi. And the reason I think that is because they dealt with the death a little more openly than in Bambi. And Bambi is kind of like, man up. You know, your mom's yeah. gone. Let's go on. Exactly. Whereas, whereas yeah. um, um, with Lion King, they talked openly about, well, not as openly as I'd like, but they talked about death. Mm-hmm. So I think that was what's missing and why people were so traumatized is nobody, nobody got the chance to kind of air their grief in this movie. That is a very good point, Deborah. Story. I think that's there also is part of time. There is. It's almost as if we don't talk about death. It just happens and move on. Mm-hmm. And it's your mom is not coming back. That's what his dad tells him. It's like yeah. really bad, bad, bad parental behavior. Is like, well, uh, yeah, you forget about your mom. She's not coming back. Just come along. Now with you're right now. now. Move along. Nothing yeah. to see here. <laughs> hey, that's Star Wars. <laughs> I'm supposed to have those references. <laughs> so, yeah, he moves along with his dad. They disappear in the snow. And that's about all we see. It's it's interesting. We, we it, It's, I think, good story-wise that the father here takes over the role of the mom. He becomes the protector. Um, but there is kind of a... It, it feels like something is missing in this movie. And, and I think I'm interested to see... Bambi 2, where they kind of fill in the blank, because I think story-wise, there's definitely something missing. This also might have to be 
have to do with the fact that, you know, this movie was already so expensive and so difficult to make. They had to kind of condense the story as much as possible and and cut back on what they could show. And so this might might have been something that they just leave out and leave it to our imagination to imagine what happens. And then from from winter, it immediately, you know, there's kind of this fade to black to show there's a little bit of a time shift here. And the next thing we know, it's springtime. Uh, again, a very long for me, way too long bird scene. But this is a movie in the 40s, so it was okay yeah. with the audience back then. The owl, the owl is there as comic relief. It's kind of a repeat of uh, the the first scenes. Yeah. Um, when it was also spring. Yeah, same dynamic, same type of music. But yeah. the next thing we see is everybody has grown into teenagers. Not really adults, <laughs> dear, but teenagers. Uh, that's when I got the shock that Flower is like, <laughs> Hey, I'm Flower. <laughs> dude, you're a dude. <laughs> and the uh, flower is immediately uh, uh, a, a Twitter Twitter pated. <laughs> I love that word, Twitter pated. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome it's because of all the birds are uh, immediately getting it, and the, the 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 more evolved animals take a bit longer. And then, of course, the boys they say that they will not be Twitter Twitter late Twitter. <laughs> what was it? Twitter pated. Twitter pated. Yes. Um, uh, and then, of course, nature is much stronger than the will at that moment. And uh, they all, one by one, fall for the other sex. And uh, that's exactly what happens to Bambi. Although his first reaction to failing, again, happens, I think, when he's drinking, isn't it? Yeah, again at the pool. Same, same thing. Same, uh, yeah, reflection. Yeah. And then, and Feline is gray. And I don't know if that was my copy or if it's something that, because she is uh, supposed to be in the shadow. It's gray in my copy too, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's it kind of, they want to suggest that she's in the shadow and then she steps out of the shadow and she turns brown like him. Uh, but his first reaction is very much like the the first time he met her. Uh, he is a bit scared. He doesn't know how to behave, how to, you know, what, what attitude to take. But, but that is just, that lasts for 30 seconds. And then you get this very strange, weird heaven scene where all of a sudden they're both dancing on the clouds. And this, again, is a very abstract, uh, yeah, but I don't know. It's a very artsy scene where they suddenly can fly. And <laughs> one day I'll fly away. So, uh, but that heaven... I, would, I, I almost expected an Alp uh, meadow or so, which flowers like a little bit like Sound of Music. The hills are alive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, they're clearly in heaven, or or so it seems, because immediately afterward, it's down to earth. There is more drama. There is a competitor. There is a rival. Something that uh, young Bambi has seen before when he was still a child. Uh, he, he observed that, and he at the time he didn't understand it, but now he understands it. Uh, there is a competitor that tries to abduct Failing, uh, um, and uh, they pick a fight. Or Bambi feels that he needs to protect Failing, and so they fight. Now I don't know if this is entirely, you know, biologically correct uh, that that we, yes. we see the other yes. male. Yes, it is. But you see the other male pushing away Faleen. I thought that there was just you know fighting that there, but that the two it's bucks would basically dominance. have this. Yeah, but it's just confrontation, and then the female would just observe this and then just oh, I'll just pick the strongest one. So they always go for the the Rambo, the bam, the Bambo. They she always picks the Bambo instead of the Bambi. 
I but, think um, with with deer, it's like there's one um, dominate dominant buck, mm-hmm. and the other one the, the other ones are yeah lower, and uh, I think that's uh, where Bambi uh, takes on the role of his father because his father was of course the king of the forest oh. or the big prince. So there's this and he now he now uh, shows that he is a true descendant of his father. Right. At least that's how I. Uh, well, that makes it, it makes sense that he has to prove that he is better than the other one. So he fights his way into the hierarchy, which which happens a lot in in uh, in in groups of animals where there is this kind of a, a unspoken hierarchy that you only see through the behavior, where you know the strongest ones will be on top. Mm-hmm. But here, of course, it is kind of broad in the sense that well, we again. Uh, Bambi is the hero, and he plays the role of the protector, um, and 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 basically starts to resemble his parents. Both of his parents have always protected him. Now it's his turn to start protect. Uh, in this case, the damsel in distress, the princess, in a way, Feline. And mm-hmm. again, this is uh, a, uh, almost a prefig- prefiguration of what will happen later on. The big bigger fight. Uh, yes, everything turns dark. It also is, hmm, uh, it depicts violence in a negative way. It's like, well, they're fighting, but it's a just fight. It's a just war because, of course, Bambi has to fight. It's not that he likes to fight, but he needs to protect Feline. Uh, but the fight itself is depicted as something, hmm, you know, it's, it's, it's evil, it's bad. It's something that you should avoid. But, well, that's the way it goes. Um, so the... Um, the at the end of the fight, when Bambi wins and chases away the other uh, buck, you see him in a pose that is exactly the same pose uh, that his father has at the beginning of the movie. Again, showing us as a viewer that Bambi has taken the role of his father. Um, he is now a, also someone who protects. He 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 is uh, in this case the protector of. Uh, of Feline, and it's the beginning of his career as um, the uh, the great prince. So when the other prince is no longer there, and he'll he'll have to step into the footsteps of his father, the footsteps in the snow, that is. Anyway, <laughs> trying to be clever here. Um, we get more spectacular weather effects again. There, there. It's like a it's like a symphony. After some drama, you you need to have a moment to kind of wind down and. Kind of take it all in, and so we get uh, different weather effects here. We've seen the water, we've seen the rain, thunderstorm. Now we see wind. Uh, we see uh, not leaves, but flower petals. Um, and I think that the wind here has a symbolic function. The wind, because we see both Bambi and Feline kind of, you know, walking around there in the wind or jumping around, dancing almost. The wind... I think is a clear symbol of their passion. It's the the wind that the love. It's the, you know, the the life that is streaming through their veins. Uh, there's another song, uh, again by a choir. Um, the animated flower petals are totally incredible. I was watching that it, it, just as the snowflakes. You don't real yeah. you don't realize it nowadays because that's very easy to recreate in the, uh, on a computer. But this every snowflake and in this case every flower petal had to be animated by hand. And so I don't know how they pulled it off. It's unbelievable. I, re- I rewatched that scene a couple of times because of all the leaves. And yeah, it's it's fantastic. And then yeah. not only are the leaves kind of you know falling down, in they also moving around. Yeah, yeah, they swirl. They they wow. It's it's amazing. Uh, 
Um, and after that little musical interlude, or uh, musical and visual interlude, there's even more drama. Um, the, Bambi's father takes him to a settlement. And we see them down below, uh, more danger from the hunters. Uh, there is smoke coming from a chimney, and this and it's dark smoke, and it kind of obfuscates or obscures the heavens. You, d- you don't see the nice blue skies anymore. There's this layer of, of smog <laughs> hanging over the valley, and uh, it's clear that the danger comes from below, whereas Bambi and his father are on higher ground. And in this case, I think it also represents moral higher ground. Bambi and his father are definitely clearly on a higher moral level than these evil hunters below. So I, I think the Hunters League has definitely uh, uh, felt the implicit implicit criticism on, on them. <laughs> but then again, you know, it's, it's kind of showing the evil side of humans in a way that we can be a threat to our environment and to, uh, to life in general. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you've got the, this magnificent animation of the crows the birds the these black birds and you hear their sound and it, it so evokes danger and death and uh it's almost like a hitchcock moment in this movie even though hitchcock hadn't done that yet and <laughs> filmed the, the birds but wow it's a creepy a creepy thing and then and later on all the horror movies take i think use bambi they, they whenever they they have to do something that's looming and dangerous and 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 makes you feel all creepy and stuff they use these black crows black crows oh go ahead i'm sorry i think in um in i think in classical stories there's always um crows or ravens yeah i was I thinking Edgar Allan Poe uh, mm-hmm. yeah they were also associated with death so if you mm-hmm. see for example in in catholic churches you have statues with with skulls there's all Often also a raven somewhere in the picture. Yes. Or blackbird. So I think, yeah, maybe it's, that's an old theme also for medieval uh, mm-hmm. paintings. And literature, you know, with the yeah. Edgar Allan Poe's uh, poem, The Raven, you know, about, you know, death and sadness. Right. And then, of course, there's also the sound that these birds make. I mean, there's a, a big contrast between the birds in the forest that you know sing and dance and they're all happy and loving and everything and you've got these evil birds and they can't even sing they just make horrible noises and so and then they they uh they actually become the symbol of the of the threat and we don't see again we don't see the hunters we, we see these birds following or or even a little bit pursuing the deer uh as a as a, as a symbol of the uh uh, the, the the approaching danger. Um, there there is panic again. Um, th- there's a very clear um, parallel to the beginning of the movie, or, or actually to the, the 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 sequence where Bambi has lost his mother and looks for her and calls her and and feels alone and afraid and 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 uh, in danger. We see exactly the same happening to Failing here, who is calling for Bambi, uh, is afraid, uh, feels the danger, and Bambi is not there, and she can't find him. Um, and then there's another stampede, um, w- of course caused by the hunters. And what I thought was brilliant about the way that they visualized this is that in in contrast to the first stampede that we see, this time it's made much more personal because there's this little scene with, I think it's a pheasant that is sitting yeah. there, uh, with some other pheasants, and the pheasant is 
again, very anthropomorphic behavior. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't hold it anymore. I have to, I have to fly. And there's this panic, and then the other pheasants are like, oh, come on, don't Don't fly, don't do it, don't do it, don't. I can't, I have to. It's like, (laughs) and the the pheasants. Actually, in real life, pheasants used uh, wait until the very last moment to fly up to Mm -hmm. uh, give you a heart attack. So Mm. I was a kind of, yeah, how do you say that? Puzzled because I was like, oh, he's flying up, so he scares the the dogs, but that's not what happens. So, well, I don't know. It's it's <laughs> it's anyway. It's it's what you see in during hunting, I suppose. Like the dogs yeah. kind of look for the birds, and then the birds fly up, and then boom, and that's yeah. exactly what happens here. But the thing is, you, even in, in that little tiny scene, and it's very short. It's it's kind of a it's one minute. You start to feel for that poor little panicking, uh, <laughs> uncontrolled uh, uh, pheasant, and and it gets killed. And you see the shock on the faces of the other birds. You know, wow, this gets serious. This now it's personal, and you know that once a cute pheasant is killed like that, brutally killed, you know that Bambi and Faline are in danger as well because if the hunters kill a cute little pheasant had done nothing wrong, is just panicking a little bit, if that bird get, gets, gets killed, then no one is safe. So uh, story-wise, great, great storytelling here. You know that now there is, you know, you start to fear for the life of Bambi and failing. The hunting dogs take over the role of the black birds and I thought that they were depicted in a classic Disney way and this has been copied by a lot of animated movies afterwards uh, dark black dogs and the only thing that's bright are their eyes and their teeth sharp teeth and uh, so every the only thing that stands out in that pursuit in that pursuit is you know these these ugh, scary looking bright eyes and, and white teeth um, and I think I think that uh, the, the dogs afterwards have always kind of uh, the evil dogs, the hunting dogs, have always been depicted a bit like this. Um, the damsel in distress, in this case again, is Faline. Now her role is reverted. She used to be the uh, the entrepreneur, the, the the strong character. Now she is in danger, and Bambi has to man up, basically, or to buck up. And, uh, <laughs> buck up, exactly. And, and save her. Um, and there is this huge fight where it seems, and again, this is classic storytelling, this seems to be an impossible fight. There are way too many dogs. This is something he, he cannot win. And so you know that when he charges, when, he's, when he decides to fight, Anyway, you know that he is putting his own life in jeopardy to save Faleen. So this is a moment of sacrifice. Um, well, he is. Uh, the fight is uh, is very brave. Um, Faleen manages to to get away, and Bambi barely escapes, causes an avalanche uh, that buries his persecutors in with the, all these rocks that fall. Uh, a little bit like the this is kind of the Red Sea moment of Bambi, you know, where where Moses is kind of running with his people through the sea, especially in the Ten Commandments movie that we know, you know, the classic ones. And they they run and they they arrive at the at the end of the of the road on the other side of the sea, and then the Egyptians are 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 in pursuit, and then the sea flows back. And this is kind of the rock version of that, <laughs> where <laughs> the dogs are, you know, Bambi is kind of Moses, and uh, and uh, the dogs are the poor Egyptians that get killed 
But, you know, you don't feel any sympathy because the dogs are not anthropo- anthropomorphized. Anthropomorph- oh, my and, God. And you have that feeling of, aha, they got what they yeah. got. They know, deserve, deserve this. They deserve yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. And then you get, again, a, uh, another parallel element. Uh, Babby gets shot. He is about to jump over a, a, a chasm or something like that. Uh, trying to follow Faline, but he gets shot in midair, and uh, and you think that's the end, uh, which I think in the story is always what happens towards the end. You 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 think that the story's over, the heroes are saved, and then whoa, the story is not over. Uh, this is this is the, this is the true end. You know now it's Bambi's gonna die. And then, of course, <laughs> the hero cannot die in this case. So, uh, but there is more drama. Not only does he get shot, but right after that, there is an even bigger danger—not just for Bambi, but for the for all his friends. A campfire, again, a human fire, causes a forest fire, and you get yet another animation sequence of this time of fire. You've got all the elements in this movie. You've got earth beginning of the movie you got the water and the rain and the water reflections you've got the wind in the love scene between Bambi and Faline and and now you've got the fire at the end Um, and I personally think that this was one of the most impressive animations in the movie where Mm -hmm. uh, just you you get this scene later on when when you see the forest fire from a distance and wow it's it's just like real fire Um, the Animals have to fly again. There's the third stampede. It's the third time that they have to fly. They're constantly on the run. Um, and again, it's the the great prince of the forest, the father that saves his son. Uh, and he stands there. You think that Bambi is dying. And then father, his father is like, get up, Bambi. Get up. Stand up. And he leads his, his son through the fire. Um, through these red flames again there's a little bit of a red sea type of symbolism going on here like the the, the fire seems seems seem to engulf them and, and yet his father kind of knows the way or finds a way to safety uh, to me this is a very clear resurrection motif here mm-hmm. uh, in the story uh, Bambi has sacrificed his life. Well, first of all, just go in retrospect. You've got the birth of Bambi, you know, just like we see the birth of Jesus. You've got Joseph as the protector of the family. You see, uh, but still not not too not not as close to Jesus as as Mary is because he's kind of a replacement father. In in, in with Bambi, it's kind of the father is kind of elsewhere protecting, you know, mother and son, and then you see. Jesus growing up, you see Bambi growing up, learning, blah, 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 helping, (laughs) protecting, saving. And then you've got the sacrifice where, in this case, Bambi sacrifices his life to save Faline and to also perhaps save the other animals. He gets shot, uh, dies in a way, and then this... The, the father figure saves him from these flames, which, again, flames, hell, hellfire. Uh, Jesus descended into hell, and, and then yeah. he was resurrected. Purgatory. So, uh, well, not even purgatory in this case. Uh, the, the, in, 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 the, in the story of Jesus, it's the hell is kind of this, the, the place where there is no life. There is no God. God is not there. There's no love. And you have, Jesus kind of descends into the 
deepest, like the most remote, the most remote areas where people are most uh, far away from God to kind of go deeper than they, so they, so he can save them. He can carry them through the, through the fire, through, you know, bring them back to life, which is basically what, you know, Bambi's father is doing here. He saves his son, brings him back to life. And then there's this big jump from the ledge. Oh, well, that's a very symbolic moment. They're standing there and there's, well, you got to choose the flames or do we stay here or do we make the leap of faith? And so they both jump and uh, and that's what the end of what we see. So I think the jump again is a jump basically to a new phase, to a new, the, the final part of the story. The future, yeah. basically, to jump I, into the future. I also thought that uh, in lots of literature, you see also flames um, being symbol for catharsis, for uh, yeah, kind of purification. <sighs> so, yeah, that's that's the, yeah. So that whole I actually, yeah. Mm, new, well, that that is actually something that they show right away. The the fire in itself is a destructive force, just as the water is is can be destructive. Think of the you know in the story of Noah's Ark, they don't. They don't go into detail, but it's killing like uh, billions of people. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but then there is new life, and here too, the next scene that we see after the leap of faith, uh, we see that wow, life has taken over. The forest has been destroyed by the fire, but there is new life growing on mm-hmm. the smoldering remains of the of the previous forest. And uh, Feline is just waiting there. She uh, or actually, we before we see that we see that the most of the animals have jumped as well and are you know on these little islands in the middle of the water. Um, not sure if Bambi has made it, and then we see the arrival of the father and the son. So again, female character waiting, not sure what happened, not understanding where is Bambi. Uh, think of the story of the the first morning. Uh, after Jesus has been put in the, into the grave and the women come to the grave and Jesus is not there. Where is he? You know, who has someone taken him away? Is he alive? Is he dead? What do we have to think? And then, you know, what what they see is that Jesus approaches them and it's really him. And that's exactly what happens here. Bambi arrives. The father moves away, by the way, very you know, he's 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 very modest. He's, he disappears. And the only th- thing that we see is the re uh, the reuniting of uh of Feline and and Bambi. And that of course is the true beginning of new life of a new future and that's when we move into spring and and <laughs> nature kind of has healed itself there's new life mm-hmm. also symbolized by the new generation of rabbits, birds, skunks <laughs> and whatnot. <Yeah>. Everybody has Kids, including Bambi and Feline, they have two kids now, two fawns, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and Guri. That's how they are called. Oh, really? They have names, but they're not in, in the book. They have. Yeah. Oh, in the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Bambi's, uh, Bambi's kids of Bambi's children. Interesting. And so the 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 younger uh, thumpers behave exactly like their parents, and so. <laughs> The kids are now parents, and they have to kind of educate their kids, and so it's 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 a circle of life. It's exactly the same motif as that we see in in the Lion King many many years later. However, there's one one thing here that struck me: Bambi. So the the the, the two fawns are born. They are with Feline, with their mother, mm-hmm. but Bambi joins his father up high, up there on the rock. And at the beginning of the movie, we see only the great prince now we see next to him bambi and 
Huh. Forgive yeah. me, I'm a theologian, but that is an ascension motive. Uh, oh, Bambi is I, I literally ascending, climbing up to his father just as Jesus went back to his father. <laughs> yeah. Watching over us and helping us. And then, of course, it ends with this very symbolic song that uh, I think is the main theme or motif of the whole movie. Uh, love is stronger than death. Uh, love is a song that never ends. It's basically mm-hmm. saying, the song is saying, love is eternal. And despite death, despite danger, despite suffering and destruction, love will survive and it will be stronger than uh, than any destructive force. And that is symbolized, of course, by springtime, nature, new kids. But it's also symbolized, I think, by the survival of Bambi and you know, him joining his father and, well, he's probably going to be the next great prince of the forest that will live longer than any other animal. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see a, a remark in the, in the chat room uh, from, from the people who are watching us live. Uh, Mike says, it's the prince of peace versus the prince of the forest. Yeah. And Jesus, of course, the Prince of Peace. Yes. Also. Well, and, and, and some of our listeners might think that we're uh, kind of over overreaching here but I again and I've said this before we have to remember that these stories were told uh, in a time that religion was very much part of the of the fabric of the of the even of the story fabric of the stories that people told each other were often inspired by religious motifs and moral themes and uh, Disney just took that in and just used it because he knew that his audience was also imbibed by those religious and moral values so it it, it's it's a very natural integration i think in this case we know that the original writer of the story was jewish and so you have in this also uh, you know from a jewish perspective you could say that bambi is almost kind of the the messiah figure you know he's the promised new young leader the promised hero who will save in this case the forest animals from whatever threat is constantly pursuing them and in a way you could you could you could reread this story also from a jewish perspective where the forest animals that are constantly menaced constantly chased and menaced by death is are kind of a metaphor of the jewish people that throughout history were constantly threatened had to flee had to you know they're constantly on the move um and so the analogy with this the story of moses and the red sea and the egyptians persecuting them I don't think it's much of a stretch. I think it's in there, in the story. It's one of those secret layers of uh, of what seems to be just a children's story, but there is much more to it. I hope that you enjoyed uh, this analysis of, uh, of the movie Bambi. We will certainly, sometime in the future, take a look at Bambi 2 and uh, revisit the world of Bambi. And um, I want to thank my two co-hosts, uh, Deborah and Inga, for joining me today and uh, teaching me all about the intricate psychology of uh, Bambi and <laughs> rabbits and stuff. I learned a lot. I hope uh, our listeners enjoyed our little conversation, and I, we hope that you will spread the word about this series, that you tell your fellow Disney fans about this show. Uh, give us some feedback. Send your, uh, your reactions to Disney at sqpn.com. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful time. Enjoy the Disney movies. And uh, we hope to see you uh, on another show of The Secrets of Disney. SQPN. 
Leading the way in Catholic new media.